Welcome to the polo exhibition match between the Weybridge Broadsides and the Geneva Gentlemen. Being ridden today, we have Reginald Fortinbras III, descendant of the winner of the first ever World Cup, the mystical horse, Tim. Anyway, here is episode 2 of Outrageously Unnecessary. Enjoy. Welcome back to Outrageously Unnecessary, the podcast where we talk about ridiculous shit rich people have purchased slash made slash collected over the years. Lots of slashes. Haley and I already recorded the first seven minutes of this bitch once, and then my cat decided to walk across my computer and stop the whole thing. So welcome to get into it. <laughs> so we don't have time for this. Welcome to Technical Difficulties, the podcast. Welcome to Technical Difficulties 101. I'm Katie. This is Haley. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Okay, what do you have for us today, Katie? I already know what you have for us today because we recorded seven minutes of this. But tell the lovely listening audience what you've brought to the table. <laughs> So in my extremely extensive encyclopedic, I don't know if that's a word, research last night, um, I stumbled upon the world of Fabergé eggs. And um, I will give you uh, the brief intro. Again, already recorded a lot of this. I apologize to our listeners. We appreciate you if you came back to give us a listen again. If you're new, welcome. This is a shit show. I think so, it's going to be a shit show every week. So this is just what they should be expecting. Excellent. Excellent. Love that. Love everything about it. Love um, it. Tell me about Fabergé eggs, Katie. Please tell me. Haley, I would love to tell you about Fabergé eggs. Now, before I started researching Fabergé eggs, um, I thought that like anything could be a Fabergé egg, any sort of like, even if it was a little plastic piece of shit with fake ass diamonds on it. I was like, mm, that's a nice ass Fabergé egg. I'm sorry. Are you are you under the impression that like all of those shitty plastic Easter egg shells are Fabergé eggs? No, 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 no. I, I don't think those little shitty plastic ones were, but I didn't know that a Fabergé egg was an actual thing. Like for some, I just thought that Somebody made real fancy ass eggs. Ooh, just was just some fancy ass eggs, and any fancy ass egg is was a Fabergé egg. egg. See, yes. I thought that too because my mom had decorative egg in in her hallway on the side table, like amongst all of our little things. And I remember like going up to touch it once, and she was like, "Oh, be careful with it!" And I'm like, "Why? It's an egg." Don't I mean, touch it, my priceless Fabergé egg. <laughs> I mean, it was very beautifully painted, but <laughs> it was probably not one of the originals. So tell me about the originals. Why are they, Why special? Are they special? Who made them? <laughs> <laughs> so Let me just lead you right into this. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. So Fabergé eggs were originally created um, by a gentleman by the name of Peter Carl Fabergé, who was born in Russia, but it is of uh, French and Danish descent. So Fabergé eggs do come out of Russia, but by the guy who made them, he is not Russian. Yeah, his last name doesn't exactly sound Russian. It sounds very hoity-toity. And hoity-toity um, usually means French. It, 
you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> so this guy, uh, Peter Carl Fabergé, um, originally manufactured as many as uh, 69 Fabergé eggs, 57 of which <laughs> still survive today. And um, the most famous of those eggs uh, were the 50 imperial eggs, 43 of which survive today, which all of them were made for uh, Russian czars Alexander III and Nicholas II as Easter gifts for their wives and mothers. So, so was it like was it one like, one egg a year was being given as an Easter present? Or was it the, like, here's 50 eggs for you, my love. Here, I'm going to take 50 of these priceless eggs, go hide them in a field, and you can find them all. <laughs> It'll no, be um, fun. They, yeah, so uh, one egg was uh, not, not necessarily fabricated a year, but... Um, was given a year because all of the eggs were made between the years of 1885 and 1917. Okay, okay. That's a very short time span for these. Yes, it is. So basically, um, a little bit of history going into it a little bit deeper. Uh, the first Fabergé egg was crafted for Tsar Alexander III, uh, who decided to give it to his wife, uh, the Empress Maria Fedorovna. Uh, Fedorovna. Fedorovna. That reminds me of Genovia, the fake place from the movie um, <laughs> the, Princess the Princess Diaries. Diaries. <laughs> the fake place that I thought was an actual place for a long time. I think we all thought it was a real place for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember the fat guy singing. Mm-hmm. It was, God, that's great. Um, anyways, so Tsar <laughs> Alexander III gave uh, his wife the first egg as an Easter egg in 1885. And um, it is speculated that the reason he gave it to her was to celebrate the 20th, their 20th anniversary. Was there so, a 20th anniversary on Easter? Um, unknown. Unknown. Okay, well, uh, that still feels like a really weird anniversary present or even a weird Easter egg, like an Easter present, because... I agree. No, I I, I absolutely agree. Um, When did Easter eggs come about? Were these the first Easter eggs? I don't know, but I should have looked into it, and I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Good, good. That's what I was hoping for. Oh, my dog is so itchy. She's so itchy. She won't stop scratching. She's... She's a jingly lady. <laughs> She's a jingly lady. She's wearing all of her frip finery like any fancy dog should. Haley, if you're going to have a dog, it damn well better be a fancy dog. I have trash cats. You have a fancy dog. <laughs> and this is life. And this is life. Well, I paid a lot of money for my dog to become a fancy dog. So. And I paid uh, approximately zero dollars for pocket and um, about like, 30 or 60 bucks for flute. So that's so what you get for having trash is obviously the favorite of the bunch because you actually paid money for it. <laughs> uh, we're, again, getting off topic. So um, there's, uh, there's no official record, no official information um, as to the reason the czar wanted to give his wife... Uh, the egg, but a lot of people believe that he was moved by an egg owned by um, the Empress's aunt, 
uh, I guess that Maria Fedorovna was really just fascinated and enthralled by it throughout her childhood. And I guess the Tsar knew about that. So he, he recruited Peter, oh. Peter Carl Fabergé and was like, hey, make my wife a fancy egg. Well, I mean, that's at least nice that he remembered something that she enjoyed from her childhood, even though what she enjoyed from her childhood was an egg. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so does that mean the decorative eggs were a thing before Fabergé eggs then? And, and I would assume that, yeah, there were decorative eggs before Fabergé eggs, but um, Fabergé eggs basically became a thing because um, the Tsar wanted uh, Peter Carl Fabergé to make an egg that opened up and had a surprise inside of it. Oh my God, it's a rich person kinder surprise egg. Yes, that is exactly what fucking Fabergé eggs are. And Haley, let me tell you about them. Yes. So, the original egg that was given, um, you know, the first one is known as the hen egg. And um, this Fabergé egg is crafted from a foundation of gold. Good. Now, Any on good the outs- thing. <laughs> on the outside, um, it is an opaque white enameled, quote unquote, shell that opens oh. to reveal um, a matte yellow gold yolk. So you open it up and you're like, oh, what a shitty present. But the yolk <laughs> opens up as well. Oh, wait, the yolk what? opens to reveal a multicolored gold pen that also opens up. I'm sorry. So, so this is this is a fucking Russian, fucking nesting, Russian doll. nesting egg. It is a Ooh. Russian nesting egg, Haley. made of gold. Okay, great, perfect. This sounds so stupid. <laughs> so you've got um, the outside. It's white. Opens to reveal a matte yellow gold yolk opens to reveal a multicolored gold pen which opens to reveal a tiny diamond replica of the imperial crown and then in the tiny diamond replica there is a small ruby pendant suspended from it oh my god that's so extra that's so is, extra. I was really hoping that you weren't going to say it was going to be a crown. I was hoping you were going to say that the gold hen opened up to reveal a tiny baby chick. Or another egg. But um, <laughs> it opens to reveal um, a tiny, tiny crown. And this bitch was so pumped about this fucking egg, Haley. By she, this bitch, do you mean the empress? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Um. She was so, like, excited about it, and she loved it so fucking much that um, the Tsar Alexander appointed uh, Peter Carl Fabergé a, quote, goldsmith by special appointment to the imperial crown. Ooh, good for Peter Fabergé. He's moving up in the world. (laughs) And then he commissioned another egg the next year. So basically... The Tsar Alexander, his wife was so pumped about this fucking Fabergé egg that the Tsar was like, hell yeah, I know what I'm getting my wife every year for, you know, the rest of our fucking lives. For the rest of our lives, this bitch gets an egg. (laughs) And she's just just, like, hell yeah, shiny egg. I love it because it's shiny. And it opens to reveal ridiculous shit. I just keep opening it and there's more shiny shit. Yes. (laughs) So of that original egg, um, 
the shell, the yolk, and the hen still remain, but um, the tiny diamond crown and ruby pendant um, have been lost. So, what? how do you lose that? How do you lose a, a tiny crown that is a replica of your actual crown? Why did you not just leave it inside the egg? A valid question, but I part of me understands losing it because, I mean, good God, it had to be so tiny. So tiny. Are there pictures of this? Um, there are, and we will be putting them on our Instagram. Yes, we will. Okay. okay. So every year after, um, let's see. So after he made the first, you know, the hen egg, um, he was commissioned to make another egg after that. And then after that, he was given complete freedom for the design of future Imperial Easter eggs and their designs became more elaborate. So wait, does that mean that it was uh, Czar Alexander to begin with who was like, just make the outside boring as hell and then open it to make it super interesting. And then Fabergé was like, but I can make all of it interesting. Basically, um, the Czar commissioned um, Fabergé to you know, make an egg. Basically, the only requirements was that every egg contains a surprise. So I would assume that, you know, if I were Peter Carl Fabergé, I'd be like, okay, well, he wants it to have a surprise. I'm going to go real simple on the outside um, for this first egg. And then, you know, kind of, it just gets more and more extravagant from there because he was given complete freedom to uh, design these fucking eggs. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I would like to have complete freedom to just, like, make a crazy egg. Are Kinder Surprise eggs based on Fabergé eggs? Oh, 100%. I guarantee it. That's not a fact. I didn't look it up, but I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Uh, So basically, um, he was given complete freedom. um, And the only thing, once he had uh, in his initial design... Um, he showed it to the czar, and once the czar approved it, fucking made it. So, I mean, and I'm pretty sure the czar approved everything that Peter Carl Fabergé showed him. Oh, I'm sure that he's just like, look at this, shiny. And the czar was like, oh, very good, Peter, make it a reality, please. Please, please make it happen. I love it so much. <laughs> um, so, basically... Uh, Peter Carl Fabergé made most of the eggs uh, for the czar. Um, that's those 50 Imperial Easter eggs. Uh-huh. Um, of which 20 of them were uh, given to the czar's wife. And then um, the czar's son gave it to, again, his mother, which would be the czar's wife after um, <laughs> he died. They're only They're- for her. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, So, and then he was also commissioned to make uh, similar eggs for a few private clients, but nothing was so gaudy and unnecessary as these 50 original eggs. Okay, nothing was as extravagant as the the 50. Exactly, exactly. Can you describe other eggs to me, please? I absolutely can. Um, so that one was one of the most extravagant ones. Um, another, a personal favorite of mine. Let me find it here. Where did it go? I, I know I, I have. A- Got to shuffle your papers. Yes, I do. 
Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Shuffle, 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 Okay, so this one, uh, I they have a list of, um, like, when the eggs were made. I'm not sure where this one falls in it, but uh, this bitch is extravagant as fuck. So this one is called the Diamond Trellis Egg. And, um... I love this I mean, name. I love this name. <laughs> it is a fucking work of art before you even open it. So it is carved from a uh, pale bean jadeite and wrapped in a trellis of rose-cut diamonds. Okay. So, uh... Okay. If you can picture this extravagant motherfucker. Oh, God. So then when you open it up, there was a tiny little elephant made of ivory and gold which was covered in rose-cut diamonds and you know want to know something else about this tiny elephant Haley? i I so much want to know more about this tiny elephant katie it was a motherfucking wind-up toy i'm sorry a diamond encrusted (laughs) elephant was a wind-up toy yeah it came with a key so whenever the empress wanted to Uh, I do not know, but whenever she wanted to, she could wind him up and watch him walk. Haley. I love this. The fucking tiny diamond encrusted elephant came with a key, wind it up, watch it walk. Oh, what? Oh my God. I want there to be a video of this. I need there to be a video of this. Katie, there's a video of this. Did you look it up? I did. (gasps) That's going to have to go on the Instagram. It is going to have to go onto the Instagram. Oh, I'm already very excited about this. So the only thing is uh, that tiny wind up diamond elephant has also been lost to history because this bitch was terrible at keeping track of the surprises in her eggs. Okay, because I'm I'm currently looking, I found, because they're the video, because you saying it's missing, I was like, then what is this fucking elephant? It said, there's an article that says, the Fabergé egg is reunited with a missing surprise elephant for the first time. Fuck yeah, so they found it? <laughs> they found it! Awesome. Yay! Um, man, and... This shit only gets more and more ridiculous. So, Do go uh, on. Let me tell you about this next egg. It's called Rosebud. Rosebud. This is uh, the first egg that um, was Nicholas, a Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> and that bitch gave you $5,000 every time. No, Rosebud was only $1,000, was not it? Oh, God. It was. Oh, I can't. I think it was. I think, I think it was, and then, was only a uh, thousand and the mother load. And then mother load was 50,000. Yeah. Um, anyways, so Rosebud was the first egg that the czar's son, Nicholas II, presented um, actually to his wife. So this oh. one was not made for the empress. It was made for uh, well, Nicholas the next empress. wife. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. So it's the, no longer uh, for dear mama. Dear mama. But the uh, crazy egg tradition continued to be passed down in the family. Fabulous. So uh, he he uh, had this egg commissioned again by Peter Carl Fabergé. Uh-huh. And uh, when his dad died in 1894 and he ascended the throne, marrying um, Alexandra, her name, last name's a train wreck. So when uh, they <laughs> took the throne, she was really, really homesick, especially for 
um, this rose, this, <laughs> I wish, especially for uh, this rose garden that I guess she had wherever she lived before. Got it. So her husband arranged for the egg to uh, open and reveal a yellow enamel rosebud that looked just like the ones she missed. Which Aww. actually, the yellow enamel rosebud is kind of ugly, but then that bitch opens. Of course reveal- it does. Of course it does, right? To reveal a ruby pendant and a tiny golden crown studded with diamonds and rubies to represent her as the new empress of Russia. I was going to ask what the hell their obsession is with like recreating their crowns, but I guess if she is the new the new lady on the town, it's like a welcome to being the queen. <laughs> I yeah, I mean I I understand it, but I feel like if it was me, I would want a million of those tiny fucking wind-up elephants. <laughs> <laughs> all eggs all must now, royal decree all eggs must now be filled with tiny wind up elephants they must all be made of ivory and are diamond encrusted <laughs> i mean if it was me i'm with yes. you i definitely would want the i would want the wind up elephant <laughs> so uh, a couple more the next one is called the lilies of the valley egg and um, this egg marks where the surprises started to get really creative. So um, the wind up elephant egg wasn't creative. I know, right? <laughs> so this egg um, is is super ornate on the outside. And it's actually it's on a, a stand. Uh, looks like the, the legs are made of gold. OK. Um, again, we'll post pictures of all of these on our Instagram because this shit is fucking nuts. <laughs> so instead of the egg simply opening to reveal something tiny inside, The surprise on this egg is that a twist of a pearl button on the egg makes three portraits pop up from the inside. What? Uh, So it is three portraits of um, Nicholas, her husband, uh, you know, the second czar. Mm -hmm. And it is a a portrait of him and their two oldest daughters, Olga and Tatiana. So... You will basically uh, twist this pearl button on the outside of the egg and all of a sudden it pops up with three portraits. The hilarious thing, though, is that on the top of the portrait of Nicholas, there is a crown. Um, Wait, wait, like there's a physical crown? Like it's not just he's wearing it in the portrait. There's just like a physical crown on top. Oh, (laughs) yes. Okay, so something that I just had um, a realization with was that this, uh, the son, who is now the czar, is is the czar who ended up getting overthrown and killed and had his daughter's uh, Anastasia. Like, this was the Romanov family. And part of me kind of understands why the peasants weren't very fond of him if he's fucking spending his money on eggs yeah right like what the fuck are you doing i mean i understand wanting to take care of your wife and make sure she's a happy lady but the fuck this shit is ridiculous i mean but it's like yeah keep up tradition but like if you saw what your father did with his first egg it was just it was it was it was a simple egg (laughs) It was so Haley. Yeah. Let me tell you about the next one. Oh no. <laughs> so the next one is uh, the Trans Siberian Railway egg. First of all, train wreck name. 
No, it's quite um, literally a train wreck. I know, I know, I know. I, I, I didn't think of that until I said it. I was going to say um, pun intended. Pun very intended. Pun intended. Um, so this egg was made of onyx, silver, gold, and quartz. I love so it. So this bitch was extravagant as fuck on the outside. But then the surprise on the inside, it contained a miniature clockwork replica of a train made out of gold and platinum. Okay. Oh my god. This train had five cars, so it was a five car long tiny egg, or tiny train that fit inside of the egg. That's a bigger. And that's a bigger train I, than I was expecting. That's a much bigger train. Like I was thinking. I was, was expecting like one like like the, like the engine. And yeah. Right. But no, this bitch is five cars long. And guess what, Haley? What? It comes with a gold key to wind it up and watch it go. Of course it does. I I appreciate that they continued the wind up tradition, but good God. I just, they... I'm kind of speechless right now. I just I love the idea that they just kind of have an entire collection of wind-up toys that are like richer than any child is ever going to get. Absolutely. Haley, the wind-up toys that I got as a child were like the little fucking car. It wasn't even a wind-up, the little cars that you pull back and then release it and it goes maybe a foot. <laughs> to have oh no uh. so the next one um, is one of my personal favorites uh-huh. um, so this one I mean god I keep thinking that maybe they won't be as gaudy as the previous one but this- how could you possibly think that they're only getting gaudier as time goes on right okay so this one is called the bay tree egg and it stands at almost a fucking foot Tall. What? What? Yeah. So, uh, and then this this article says big egg. How big are the rest of these eggs? Well, now I'm thinking that they all might be huge because it says what it lacks in height, it makes up for in luxury. Were all of these fucking eggs huge? I mean, to fit all the things inside of them, I would like, I thought they were a lot bigger than, you know, like a tiny egg. But like the fact that they're saying that a foot is tiny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling Fabergé egg sizes. Uh, holy, holy shit. These bitches are huge. Uh. I think, I think that they might be a lot bigger Oh my god, there's a picture of this lady holding one. It's it's big. Is it like the size of her face? Um, just about. Oh. Oh, that's a lot larger than I was than I, I was thinking in. like smallish Easter egg size. No, I was thinking like probably the size of like the palm of your hand. Yeah, I mean that's roughly that's roughly the size I was I was thinking as well, but clearly we were both wrong. Um, oh no, we shit. were both so wrong. Oh god, these are huge. Oh my god, they're ginormous. We're gonna have to post a picture of of a person next to one. Yeah, absolutely, we will. Um, I I mean, I listen. I've been talking for a long time, so I'm gonna end on this egg because um, it's pretty incredible. Um, so you've got this foot tall uh, fucking egg, which actually looks like a tree almost 
Um, and there is just a fucking treasure chest of de- gems on this bitch. Uh, it has oh. diamonds, citrines, amethyst, rubies, um, agate, and pearls. Not to mention gold and enamel, or gold enamel and feathers. You so, just listed so many things. So many expensive things. Uh, so basically, you could mortgage when, a um, house off of this egg. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you, know, did you know that the most expensive Fabergé egg sold for $9.6 million? No. Oh, no. I can't even yeah. imagine that amount of money. Having that much money to just for buy egg. a fucking egg. Like, really? Oh. Uh, anyways, so when Tsar Nicholas gave this egg uh, to his widowed mother, so again, this was being given to... Uh, the Empress, original OG Empress. OG Empress, Mar- Maria of Fabergé. Yeah, Fedorovna. Fedorovna. Um, uh, he gave it to her in 1911. Okay. She uh, would have to closely examine the leaves on the egg, which, you know, was shaped to look like a tree, uh-huh. to find a little gold winding mechanism tucked inside. They okay, really so like winding a- mechanisms. They really do. I love it. So uh, there's a little hidden uh, winding mechanism. And so when she turned it, the top part of the egg rose up and a tiny little feathered nightingale popped out to sing a little ditty, (laughs) flap its wings and move its beak. It sang a little ditty. It sang a ditty. (laughs) Haley. Oh, I hate it. I don't hate it. I love it. I love it a lot. And when it was done singing, um, the bird and the top of the egg descended back down. There's a doot 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 tweet and then down. <laughs> doot 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 loot doot tweet. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> I just I just can't handle the fucking gaudiness of these goddamn eggs. I mean, and anybody like to our listeners, you should Google some of these fucking eggs because they are only like more and more extravagant as time goes on. I mean, I don't know how you get more extravagant than a tiny bird popping up, singing a ditty, and moving its beak and flapping its wings. But some, somehow it did. It sang a ditty. Um, again, the list of Fabergé eggs is fascinating. It's long, and uh, it it's just mind-boggling, honestly, because this shit was so ornate and it was so gaudy and it was so outrageously unnecessary so unnecessary (laughs) so so unnecessary oh katie that was wonderful (laughs) thank you for having done very little research um i'm pretty i'm pretty amazed by the fact by these fucking fabric eggs hey i talked my ass off yeah you talked for a half hour (laughs) having done very little research so i'm very proud of you Thank you. Um, anyways, so to our listeners, we will put up pictures of these Fabergé eggs that I so- talked about. And um, I think, Haley, we can pro- probably post the video of the little elephant. Probably. I think that we should share that. Yeah. I'll share it on All our right, Twitter, so, too. 
Uh, Ailey, tell me about what you have brought to Outrageously Unnecessary today. Okay. Oh, I've I've been very excited to tell you about this. I know this. you have. I've been so excited to tell you. I've been so excited to tell you because let's start this off with our man's our, name. His yes. name. His name is Cornelius Kingsley Garrison Billings. And he was born on September 17th, 1861. First of all, his parents hated him. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Why would you fucking name your child Cornelius and then give him so many train wreck names after it? <laughs> well, my favorite thing is that he's always referred to in like all of these articles on him as CKG Billings. And, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not better. That's not better. That's not better. Just call him Cornelius. Just call him Cornelius. <laughs> like... That is not better at all. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? Uh, not even a little bit. Oh my God, I already love him. Okay, so let's get into Cornelius. Please. Take um, so, me into the wonderful world of Cornelius Billings. Oh, I will. Uh, his name would really only be better if it had like a the third after it. Yes, yes. I hope that he named his children after himself. As do I. I didn't do any research on that, but I really hope that there's a f- the third out there. Um, God. Anyways, he was born in 1861. Uh, when he was 17, he began working for the company that his father was the president of, which was uh, the People's Gas, Light and Coke Company. Wait, gas, light and coke? <laughs> Those three things. I mean, gas and light, sure. But why are they throwing coke in there? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I mean, okay, continue. <laughs> so anyways, um, after about eight years, he ended up uh, succeeding his father and he became the president of the company himself. Naturally, and sure. Once, once he was the president, uh, he spent the next 15 years merging 12 different gas companies all into one giant gas company, which was called People's Gas. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, so it's from People's Gas that he got his money. <laughs> I want to make money like that. <laughs> So, yeah, in uh, in 1901, Cornelius decided to move his family to New York, and they ended up buying a townhouse on Fifth Avenue. But uh, townhouse, hella unimportant, hella unimportant, because he's going to go on to build himself a huge mansion and slash estate in Upper Manhattan on the property that Naturally. is yes on the property that is now known as Fort Tryon Park and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly it's the T R Y O N Tryon Tryon yeah I don't know yeah I think Tryon um but naturally you've got uh you've got your little got your little shitty house on Fifth Ave then maybe maybe you show that one to like. Uh, the people you don't like so much. <laughs> but then you've got Fort Tryon over here. And you take all of the nice people to Fort Tryon. <laughs> so, so, um, this, the, yeah, right. But this mansion, uh, this estate, uh, is also pretty hella unimportant. Well, to, for my purposes. Oh, God. Um, 
I did actually find a wonderful article that had a bunch of pictures from when he published a book with photos of his estate. Because um, apparently that just in the early 1900s became the thing for rich people do, to do was to show off their estates by publishing books with photos of them in it. Well, look at my estate. Well, look oh, at yes, my well, look at my estate. That, that shit is ridiculous. Yeah. So of all the practices that I wish were still around and probably are still around, but I just haven't bothered looking. It's it's that. Um so oh God. I will send you some of those pictures in a moment because they're actually Well, I'm I'm Googling five pictures of uh, his estate right now. Here, let me let me go ahead let and send ahead. you this one right now because uh, it makes me very happy. Uh, his house kind of looks a little bit crooked. <laughs> it looks like a really shit McMansion because they've got like this weird. They've got like a tower happening in the front with this massive like. Arch. What the fuck? Okay, whoever designed this house like must have had like one weird wonky eye or something or always stood with their head crooked slightly to one side because this bitch is off. Yeah, no, it's definitely crooked. Hold on. Uh, hold on just a moment. My doorbell has rung. Technical difficulties. Hey, Karen, the doorbell rang. Um, boyfriend, get that doorbell. <laughs> boyfriend, get that doorbell. Um, yeah, sorry. So we'll cut that out. Anyways, but it definitely looks like an absolutely shitty, um, like fairy tale mansion, if I do say so. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what he ends up building. Um, but we're, we're not going to talk about the mansion because... <laughs> Let's ignore the mansion. Let's talk about something else. Actually, no, I did write just a little, a little, uh, I took a quote from where I found these photos. It's called myinwood.net. And um, a quote from it about the mansion is that completed in 1907, Billings' magnificent home had all the trappings of a modern capitalist, a heated swimming pool, a two-story squash court lined in maple, and even a fumed oak bowling alley. In 1916, Billings sold his beloved estate to John D. Rockefeller Jr., who planned on destroying the home before he donated the the land to the city for the creation of Fort uh, Tryon Park. The home was spared the wrecking ball after loud local protest, but like so many monuments to old New York, the home was leveled by a 1926 fire. So great that the Times reported it spouted fire and smoke like a volcano. (laughs) That bitch went up in flames and was gone in like two seconds. (laughs) So we're we're actually pretty lucky that he decided to take photos of his home and publish them in a book. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, good good on him for uh, publishing his book of his house photos. Yeah, but the bowling alley is actually like real nice. And I feel like that is kind of the the stereotype of a very rich home is having a bowling alley. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know you're rich as fuck. You have a fucking bowling alley in your house. Yeah. So, anyways, so, tragic. tragic. But uh, <laughs> before dear Cornelius built his mansion on his property, he decided he needed to build a stable for his 75 racehorses. <laughs> Which he can't. Well, you can't just have your seventy-five racehorses sitting around the house. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely cared about his horses way more than his job or his family. 
so <laughs> clearly, you know. So uh, Mr. Billings started to build an incredibly lavish stable for two hundred thousand dollars, and that is in that time's money. Uh, he built a stable two hundred fifty feet long, one hundred twenty feet, uh, twenty five feet wide, and two stories tall, with numerous towers and cupolas. Uh, it had twenty two box stalls and nine straight stalls, a seventy five foot outdoor training ring, a 40 foot by 50 foot sleigh room, feed rooms, a hayloft, a 5,000 bushel zinc lined granary. It also had a gymnasium, a blacksmith shop with a forge, a trophy room to display all of Billings awards from the amateur races that he's won. Uh, two five-room suites of living quarters. The interior was designed in oak and Georgia pine, and the stable had steam heat, electric light, hot water, and was all provided by its dynamo room, and about 25 men were employed. All of that for fucking horses. Yeah. Yeah, he loved his horses. He loved his horses lots. Haley, what gets me is that I guarantee you those horses didn't give a fuck about any of that. No. Those horses were like, mm, hey. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's all horses think. <laughs> Just oat bag. There's an oat bag, oat bag. <laughs> but this guy... Oh my god. He he is the definition of a horse lover. Yeah. So, um actually the reason why he uh moved from his townhouse and bought that property was so he could actually be closer to uh the racetrack. So <laughs> closer to his horses. Yeah. His babies, his poopsies. His little whoopsies, whoopsies. Yeah. So, uh so, remember how much money I told you he spent on this thing? Yeah, 200,000 bucks. Yeah, that's 1903 money. Want to figure out how much that is in today's money? Oh, God, tell me, please. Five million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah, what it actually is is five million uh, $90,686.87. And 87 cents. Yep, naturally. <laughs> oh, my God, that is an outrageous amount of money for your fucking horses. Oh, he loves his horses. They get only the best. They will eat solid, solid gold bricks. Uh, right? Like, my horses only fart hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, all of my diamonds poo is diamond encrusted. Uh, <laughs> it smells like cinnamon buns. <laughs> Cinnamon buns. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Cornelius, dear Cornelius, wanted to celebrate the grand opening of his magnificent stable with a big old fancy dinner. And uh, he made some plans. But unfortunately, those plans were leaked to the general public and suddenly like people were swarming the stables, trying to see the very fancy dinner and like the press was all up in his business. So Billings decided to to pull a one over on on the public and changed his plans and rented out a ballroom at a 12 story restaurant called Sherry's uh, without the public knowing. And uh, yeah, so old Corny went <laughs> <laughs> oh, nearly, nearly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm 
Christmas are laughing too hard. Oh, Courtney went buck wild with the decoration of the ballroom because intended (laughs) because uh this was to be a themed dinner celebrating his amazing stables and by george themed horses it was horse themed it was very much so horse themed and i'm gonna tell you all about it i'm so happy it was horse themed yeah oh yeah it's a very horse themed because because on March 28th, 1903, at 8 p.m., 36 guests from the Equestrian Club and all their beautiful finery walked into the ballroom. <laughs> the Equestrian Club! Yeah. So they walked into the ballroom only to find that the ballroom had been completely redone. Yes! <laughs> the ballroom had no tables in it. Uh, the floors had been covered in turf. The walls had been painted to resemble an English countryside garden. There were birds making sweet little bird noises. There were trees and plants that had been brought in. And most interesting of all, there were 36 horses in the ballroom. (laughs) There were 36 horses in the ballroom. (laughs) 36 live horses, each accompanied by their own groom. And each horse, oh my God! Each horse was wearing a saddle that had the name of one guest embroidered onto it, and the saddle also had a serving tray mounted to it. Oh hell no! Oh my God! Do you see where I'm going with this? I see where you're going with this, but please continue. So uh, you might be asking. How the hell did horses get onto the ballroom of the fourth floor of a building? The fourth floor? Oh my god, they didn't even do it on the first <laughs> No, no, it's the fourth floor. You want to guess how they got up there? Well, it wasn't an elevator. It was! What? No, it was! It was the freight elevator. They took them up the freight elevator. Oh. My. God. <laughs> They took them up the... I'm, I'm a little disappointed they didn't take them up the guest elevator, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> These horses sound like they deserve the fucking best. Don't worry, the horses are treated nicely throughout the dinner. Oh, excellent. Okay, so uh, this is a horseback <laughs> horse dinner, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Oh my god. So, uh... Each guest got their fancy ass on top of a horse. And they were... Oh my God. Continue. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. They were served a 14-course meal on top of the horses. 14-course horse meal. Oh my God. (laughs) So the food was placed onto the tray that was mounted onto the saddle by a waiter. And uh, the groom that was assigned to each horse was at the front of the horse, keeping it calm so it wouldn't jostle the diner's food. (laughs) Naturally. Uh, By the way, uh, some of the items on the menu include uh, truet a bleu, which is uh, a fancy blue trout, uh, lamb, guinea hen, and flaming peaches. Uh, and I, oh my God. Yeah, I couldn't find a photo of the menus, but, uh, I read somewhere that supposedly they were sterling silver and shaped like a horseshoe. <laughs> I, I, this is absolutely unbelievable. Oh my God. Yeah. 
So, uh, by the way, each guest was able to sip on champagne through a rubber tube that was connected to a bottle of, <laughs> of champagne. Through a rubber tube? Excuse me, would you like a rubber tube of champagne? <laughs> Because the bottle was in their saddlebag. And so they just connected a rubber tube into the bottle and they fed it. Might as well just hook up a fucking champagne IV. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, hook me up to that uh, champagne IV, please. I'm getting a little bit sober over here. <laughs> Can someone check my champagne bottle, please? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit low. Um, so by the way, there is 100% a photo of this that exists. Oh, I'm so excited. Allow me to send this to you right now, because you need to witness this. It's uh, pretty spectacular. Oh my god. (laughs) This photo is literally a bunch of people sitting around on horses like in a fucking circle so like pretending like they're at a dinner table on their fucking horses holy shit yeah <laughs> is that um is that old uh corny mr neely neely on the white horse please tell me it's neely neely on the white horse i have absolutely no idea but we can pretend it is mr neely neely on the white horse <laughs> oh my god yeah. So also uh, to to ease ease your concerns, the horses were not left out of the feast. Uh, the grooms oh. were in charge of feeding the horses, um, and so they were spe- fed some very special oats in very elaborate and fancy feeding troughs. So uh, the horses were basically while while everyone was eating their feast, the horses got to eat their own feast. Right. But then, like, what happens when the horse shits during the middle of the feast? I don't know. I don't because, know. No I one mean, mentioned whether or not a horse shit, but like, oh, I guarantee you they did. How could they have not have shit? Right, it's a fourteen course dinner. Sounds like it's fucking long as fucking fuck. Yeah, it would like, have to be. It would have to be. Like, mm, yes, I am quite enjoying my trout and the smell of horse poop. This is lovely. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure because they had so many grooms, they probably had somebody on standby to, like. Just holding a little like plastic bag behind the horse's butt. <laughs> well, maybe it was like a parade horse situation where they tied a bag to their butt. A butt bag. Now oh, they could have had butt bags. Wait, let's look at the photo. Did they have butt bags? Let me check for butt bags. I'm not seeing any butt bags. I am also not seeing any butt bags. Mm. Oh my god. I have concerns. Okay, well that's a very good point, Katie. <laughs> I have many concerns about this dinner. Oh, really? What are some of your concerns? Um, first of all, so I am not a horse person in any way, shape or form. I think that like you would have to have such a deep love of horses to want to do something like this. Like, I mean, yeah, I get it. It was the fucking equestronaut club that uh, was getting together and having a horseback dinner but like there are just no I have no words for how insane this is can you just imagine how awkward it would be to be seated on top of a horse and like trying to daintily like yeah trying to daintily cut your meat on top of a tray that is like placed in front of you like a tv dinner while you're sitting on top of this live 2000 pound beast 
it sounds so uncomfortable like that i i can't even imagine and they were all like, wearing how tuxedos they were all in white tie like 1903 white tie so they were wearing tails they were fucking fancy motherfuckers on top of these horses like the love for horses runs deep in these people. <laughs> Guess that's why they're members of the Equestrian Club. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like to be a member of the Equestrian Club, first of all, you have to like go through some pretty rigorous horse love training. And by, by horse love, I don't mean like, I mean, I'm sure some of them are into weird horse love, but like <laughs> just... I mean, it's definitely like a 12-year-old girl with her pony type deal is what I'm picturing. Like those... Absolutely. Yeah. Just like the horse grooming games we would play when we were little. It's like, uh, you know how in New York they have like the American Girl doll dinner type situation where you can have dinner with your doll. It's like that, but taken five billion times to the maximum uh, like oh you want to have dinner with your horse how about you ride your horse while having dinner with your horse and your horse is also having dinner <laughs> yeah right like it, that absolutely blows my mind <laughs> yeah so uh we're we're at the end end of our horse dinner evening here and uh at the very end, what happened was uh, they ended up putting on a vaudeville show to entertain the guests while the horses were lowered back down to street level. Uh, yes, the humans humans can leave first. Horses leave first. <laughs> it's more, the humans would like to mill around, so humans, humans, look over here. Something funny's humans, happening. Humans. Something's funny happening, humans. Don't pay attention to the horses walking behind you and going on an elevator down four floors. I mean, if it's a freight elevator, I'm sure it can hold a lot more weight than a regular elevator, but you know they still had to make, like, Multiple seven trips. trips. Multiple trips. With these fucking horses. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect you'd be able to get 36 horses into one elevator. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you- I mean, and if you can fit 36 horses in an elevator, props to you. Like, congratulations. I feel like it would only have to be in pieces, and that's something I don't want to think about. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I, it's smart that they did. I mean, I don't. Horses and stairs sounds like a bad combination. So I mean, I wonder. Put on them for you. Is it like? Is it like the cow thing where you can lead a cow? But they can't upstairs, go downstairs. But they can't go down. It's. I bet. I bet it's similar. I mean, I. I don't know. I've never tried to lead a cow or a horse upstairs. Neither have I. Or downstairs. <laughs> or found any stairs really. Haley, I have never understood um, horse people. And listen, if you're a horse person and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I have never understood horse people at all. Like, you know how in elementary school, there was always that one weird horse girl. Yeah. I never understood her. I mean, everyone pretends to be a horse will. at some point. I, it just, I don't understand I mean, yeah, horses are cool, but um, never in my life would I ever want to have a dinner 
sitting on a horse. I, do, I genuinely don't know if any women were at this dinner because it seems to be mostly men in the photo that's provided. But, right. I was going to ask. But yeah. like, can you imagine being in a 1903 ball gown with like a big fucking bustle and like the corset no. and trying to get on top of this goddamn. Like, and they probably have to be sitting side saddle. I was going to say, do you think that they sat side saddle? I mean, they probably didn't do splay legged horse dinner. That's just not classy. <laughs> well, no women rode splay legged. They they were literally trained to do it side saddle. So like, it, they that would have had to have done it side saddle. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, you're sitting up perfectly straight for that entire dinner. Oh. There's nothing supporting your back. There's no you are slouching. in so much pain. Like your love for horses is so deep that the next day you are willing to be in immense pain to enjoy a nice horse dinner. <laughs> So uh, to wrap this up, do you want to know how much this costs? Our dear darling oh Cornelius. Yes, so much. It cost him $50,000 in 1903 okay, in money. Yeah. Which is $1.3 million today. Oh, my God. Was that uh, so were they his own personal horses or was this horse rental included? <laughs> I think I I didn't see anywhere whether or not they were his own horses, but I'm assuming they probably were considering that he owns 75 of them. Right. He could probably spare 36 horses for a nice horse dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that is the story of the world's first horseback dinner and hopefully the last. Haley, that story was a fuck trip from start to finish. Started off with people's gas and uh, took you somewhere you weren't expecting, huh? Not even a little bit. Because when I was when I was looking for, uh, you know, something to talk about or a famous person or a rich person to talk about for this episode, um, I came across some Gilded Age people. Mm -hmm. And um, because before we had we had started this podcast, all you told me was you were really excited about um, the name of the person you were doing. Mm -hmm. And so. I came across, you know, a couple people with pretty extravagant names, but good God, I was not expecting <laughs> Cornelius. I mean, I think I saw his name somewhere, but I did not know you about his saw it love as CKG. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably did, but I didn't know that, you know, his horse love ran deep. <laughs> Cornelius Kingsley Garrison Billings. There's just, there are no words. There are no oh, words. Shit. And with that, I think we should say goodbye and thanks for listening to this wonderful horseback dinner. Thanks for listening to uh, Fabergé eggs and horse dinners. <laughs> it's our new special. Our new special, yes. Uh, join us next time when we'll talk about God who knows what. God knows what. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page. We'll have all of the uh, pictures we talked about available on there. Um, you can also check out our Twitter. I'll probably be posting some links there. Perfect. Yep. Um, and thanks for sticking around to listen to uh, Fabergé Eggs and Horse Dinners. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. 
The match is ended and you may now depart on to your next event. If you must collect your children they are in the petting zoo. Joffrey is there working off his embarrassment after the fiasco at the yacht. Send questions and comments to outrageouslyunnecessary at gmail.com. Follow our Instagram and Twitter for updates. Tot top.